0: Welcome to Be All You Are, a Midlife Awakening Podcast. I'm your host, Kena Paranjapay, the founder of All You Are, a women's lifestyle brand, an entrepreneur, writer, and mother. This podcast is all about stepping into all you are. It's about reconnecting to your inner voice so you can hear the whispers of your true desires and cultivate the courage to create the life that is meant for you. Your dreams are your soul's voice. They are worth your time and attention. Now head out on that solo walk or settle into a cozy spot with a favorite beverage and join me. I can't wait to meet you. Welcome to Episode 8 of Be All You Are, a Midlife Awakening Podcast. Before we start this week's episode, I wanted to announce that doors to the fifth cohort of my group program, Be All You Are, are now open. And there is also an early bird promotion for $300 off on right now. Be all you are is a 12-week program focused on helping women nearing or in midlife find clarity on what they want for the next phase of their lives. Together in a nurturing, safe environment, we work on reestablishing trust in ourselves and find the courage and confidence to forge a new path. Some women come to the program having been at home with their kids for several years and now want to do something for themselves. Others have had extremely successful careers and have risen the corporate ladder, but feel a sense of unfulfillment and wonder what a new path might look like. Whatever their individual story, they all have a desire to come home to themselves, to live in greater alignment with who they are. If you're interested in learning more about my program, All Virtual, reach out to me via my website, allyouare.ca or... On Instagram. You can connect with me at Kena, K-E-N-A underscore all you are. I am so excited to introduce to you my guest today for two reasons. Uh, the first is that she's just an incredible woman who has recently launched a new business that is so beautiful and so needed and so purpose-driven. But the second reason is that she is also an alumni of the group program for women that I just mentioned. She was actually working on her new concept that you will soon learn more about while going through the program. Joining us today is Alison Lawler-Dean. Allison is a marketing and communications executive and has recently held leadership roles at companies like Indigo, Flow Water, and Rethink Breast Cancer She began her career in journalism, which brought her full circle to her most recent endeavor, Papillon Passing. Papillon Passing is a website dedicated to curating information and resources to help modern families navigate end of life. The mission of Papillon Passing is essentially to bring light to death, which is so beautiful. And I'm looking forward for you to hear Allison's story of how this idea came to be. Before we begin, I want to mention that we had some technical difficulties when recording our chat, so at some points, Allison's voice sounds a little far off, though it's still completely audible. When you're doing something new, it can be a little messy in the beginning, but that's okay. Better to do it messy than not to do it at all. Of course, I had to insert a little lesson in here. I'm so excited for you to listen in to this soulful conversation with my inspiring friend and a Be All You Are alumni, Alison Lawler Dean. Ali, I'm so happy to welcome you to Be All You Are, my podcast that I think we're only on episode eight or nine. And so it's such an honor to have you as one of the first guests, really. Thank you.
1: I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled about this initiative you've kicked off. I think it is so important and such great conversations that I really think will help people. So thanks
0: for inviting me. Thank you. It's so crazy because we just met really four or five months ago, I think at the most, but I feel like we have probably been in the same rooms. We've probably talk to the same people on the same day. I feel like we've been orbiting around each other. And then once we did finally connect, the number of mutual connections we have, I think it's like a record setting sort of thing.
1: I know. I can't believe we didn't meet before. Like you said, we probably did and just didn't even know that we were kind of in the same place. And yeah, I'd go to someone's house for dinner and they'd be like, oh... <laughs> it tomorrow, it's like such a small world, and love it, love it, love it, and feel like I've known you for ages now. In the best, day.
0: I know, me too, and I think that's why I was really felt called to invite you to the podcast because I am, you know, still new with this, and I'm trying to bring guests on that I know that we'll have a great conversation because ultimately that's what everyone wants to hear, right? Like where you can really get into things and not just you know have like an interview style, but actually chat. So. I'm excited to have you on. And what's also exciting is that the reason we got connected those many months ago was because you were interested in my program, my group program for women. That's a 12-week program. It's called B-L-U-R. Are. And that's what how we initially connected. And then you actually did join and went through the program. But what I would love to know more about is... Where were you when you decided to make the call to, you know, to join the program? What was going on in your life?
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, it was one of those many mutual connections who forwarded one of your emails Mm -hmm. Um, and something I think in how you framed up a lot of the concerns I think that a lot of women have when they, you know, are successful in their careers, but still kind of feeling like something is missing. And I had recently left a really amazing company and a great opportunity that just wasn't really feeling right anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and was able to take some time to kind of think about what's next. So it was great to do do this your program kind of alongside some of that thought work and help shape up that's a lot of that thought work about what really matters to me and you know what I'd be looking for next. And I definitely went in To my search for my next opportunity in a very different way, much more purposeful, I would say, with like a a bit of a checklist of, of, you know, what I wanted and I wanted the culture to be and, you know, the impact of the work and Mm -hmm. how I wanted to lead and all those things. So definitely kind of helped me reorient things in my head and and really think about work in a different way, which, you know, I'm pleased about. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I think a lot of women do Well, we all go through those periods of transition where we're trying to find alignment in what it is that we're doing. And when I say alignment, it's not just what we're doing, but how we're doing it. There's so many aspects that, you know, we can kind of be go, we can go through the motions for a while. And then there comes a point where we need something different and it just becomes so clear. You had also been going through a personal transition during that time. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a big part I think of making a change at work was I had recently lost my mom and one of the real reasons I think I wasn't, you know, feeling like work was working so much anymore. That that former opportunity was that I was caretaking for her on top of a really big, awesome kind of demanding responsibility in my role and just feeling pulled in so many ways. I think as we do as women, I had a daughter and a family, I had a big job, and then I had a mother who increasingly needed more and more care and help as she kind of navigated through end of life and the final stages of cancer. So yeah, I was able to also kind of take this time in between kind of full-time opportunities to channel it into a passion project. And and actually it was going at the same time as going through your group as well. So it was really helpful mm-hmm. to kind of light the spark and think about how much that that work and, and sharing something and, and building something I was really passionate about, which mm-hmm. ultimately became a website called Papillon Passing, mm-hmm. which is meant to help people navigate end of life and death with a little mm-hmm. bit more lightness and a beauty and ease. Mm-hmm. So was able to take kind of some of the hardships of losing my mom, all the struggles and challenges that go with caretaking and hopefully channel it into something that will help other people maybe feel a little less alone. Uh, Because I know it it was a struggle trying to do it all at once, you know, show up and be your best self at work and and have all of these things kind of happening behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember when you told, when you sort of described to me what you'd been through, it reminded me a lot of, my experience with caretaking for my husband, you know, when he was sick, he was sick for many years, but towards the end, it was really like intense. And I do remember feeling like, wow, like, you know, there's so much going on in our lives and there's not a lot of, because we don't really talk about it enough. And so there's not necessarily a lot of support. And I remember when you first shared your idea with me for bringing light to death i think that was the way you had put it in the in that time at that time and i remember like getting goosebumps you know when you said it cuz i was like yes we need this so much because think about how we talk about birth think about how we celebrate birth and how there's like so many different like resources and it's so out in the open but you know, death is just, it's as, it's as sure as birth is. Like, you know, if you're born, then that's coming guaranteed. at some point. Yes, it's yeah. guaranteed. Exactly. And yeah. so the idea of being able to position it in a way that um, still honored that process and that honored the grief that's associated with it, but also just as a helped us as a collective to see it with a little bit more light, I thought was just like, Oh my gosh. Yes, we need this. And also you're the person to bring it to life. That's, I remember saying that to you. You did say that. <laughs> I know it was, yeah, it, it definitely kind of pushed me to a point of
1: no return of, of, yeah, I have to kind of make this, I have to make this happen. Yeah. It's such an interesting kind of, I guess, process to get to this site because I just felt compelled. You know, I think I, I, there were so many struggles that, you know, people go through when they're losing the people they love and when they you know, health is declining and all of those things as, as you well know, but the fact that like no one talked about it and I'm like, wait, this is common. Every single person dies. Yes. Why? Like you said, is, there's not a whole, you know, industry or information. I mean, there are many industries yes. I now, I now know and lots of money going into death and being made from death but not the like empathetic, helpful, yeah. really supportive mm-hmm. resources and conversations, right? It, I think one of the reasons there's so, you know so much money going into certain parts of it is that people are so panicked, they wait to the end. Yeah. They're dealing with all these things. They're making emotional decisions where they, you know, spending money on things rather than, you know, having preformed ideas and plans and really thought about, you know, the best way to honor their loved ones and mm-hmm. celebrate their loved ones. And so, first, I kind of thought I was like, maybe I'll just do like a, you know, a Google Doc and and share it with people because people were starting to ask me questions. <coughs> and then this kind of moment of, I mean, I'm a brand and marketing person; that's my professional yes. background. And so this thought too of like, why are we so scared of death? And why is everything yeah. so ugly around death? Right? It's
0: yeah,
1: or like really, you know, s- s- overly yes. sweeter, saccharine. Stomper, kind of- very-
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Or then there's more of a dark kind of world people that are maybe more interested in the macabre and have always been probably a bit more comfortable or interested and intrigued by death. But like there mm-hmm. wasn't anything really speaking into just a really modern, clear branding approach. So it was those two things that kind of started, you know, yeah. Pushing the idea forward. And then, yeah, speaking yeah. to people like yourself, they're like, you just have to do this. And, yeah. you know, I had a gift of a little bit of time to like sit back and, and mm-hmm. put some time and energy into it. So I read everything I could. I went through all the resources that I, you know, that were either invaluable to me while, you know, we were losing my mom or trying to make decisions on her behalf or with mm-hmm. her as much as she can participate in them or the resources I wish I had found that for whatever reason, you know, I think I realized now there's lots out there. There's great people. There's a whole industry of death doulas whose job are to help, you know, shepherd us through this time, but they're really hard to find. They're not the ones, you know, expert on SEO and SEM and search and discoverability. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So there definitely is
1: not opportunity to market it all and, and you know, and, and share more of that. So yeah, the, the, you know, little content idea kind of took off to become a bit more of a hub and, Mm -hmm. with the goal to educate and hopefully kind of inspire people make the topic a little bit more comfortable so Mm -hmm. once you're comfortable with it then you know hopefully you start to pre-plan for your loved ones for yourself it's never too early right like what would you want in different scenarios how do you want to be remembered and start to think about you know those deep questions before you get to that crisis mode kind of at the end and and make sure that you're thinking about them and sharing those wishes and, and plans with your loved
0: ones. Yeah, I mean it's so amazing to bring light to some of these conversations and you're right, I hadn't thought about that. I think because I've experienced death firsthand a few times in my life, I I think I just loved the like looking at it through a new lens because I found for myself, I had to do a lot of that work myself. It wasn't sort of served to me, I had to go looking for it. And but I also love what you're saying about preparing and becoming familiar with the process and thinking about what you would want i hadn't thought about that so that's like so valuable i always i also think that i know that as you were going through the process of exploring this idea there was a little bit of a push-pull like are you going into this is it is it like is it scary for me to be exploring this after what i've just been through or is this going to be a part of my healing to explore all this? Right. Cause I know you felt a little bit like, am I going to, am I serving myself by wading into these waters right now after I've lost my mother so soon? Right. Or is this actually a part of the healing process for me? So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think kind of ultimately it's, Both, but yeah, I definitely danced around the idea of. Because I wasn't, you know, transitioned from work and thinking about what's next. Like, is this a job for me, or is this a passion project? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this a way that I'm channeling my grief, or is this something I'm going to be interested in for much longer? Right? Is it? Am I going to launch it and that's, you know, and and put it out there and, and that's it? And I gave my, you know, I definitely went round and round and was giving myself kind of deadlines and timelines to figure that out, and then just got to a place where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out in the world, and then I'm going to. Give it a year before I think about anything really kind of next steps around it. And that's kind of where we are. So, got it to a launch of what I thought, you know, had helpful content kind of around three pillars. So, aging and end of life, death itself, and then, you know, celebrating loved ones, you know, working through grief yourself and kind of that living on after phase. Mm -hmm. So, did a ton of writing, different topics that I thought would be meaningful and got it to a place where it felt fairly fulsome you mm-hmm. could kind of launch and put it out. And, and then I'll kind of continue to do some storytelling around it. I've got some, I'm interviewing some people. I've got some people writing first person pieces about their experiences. So a little bit more of that personal element kind of being added in as a, as a journal. But yeah, taking the pressure off it, having to be anything else or having to figure out really what it is was really kind of freeing, I think, too. And and that's so hard when you're trying to tie your livelihood to things that are so personal. Yeah. And ultimately, God, if this is all it is, I, I would feel really proud. I feel my I've lost both my parents now. My mom was the more recent one, but you know, I feel mm-hmm. them through it. I feel connected to them as I'm working on it or storytelling mm-hmm. around it or any of those pieces. And so I feel like it honors them and definitely has helped me work through my grief. I had a moment of wondering, am I am I hiding from my grief by being busy <laughs> producing? Yeah. But I, you know, this topic was like right in my face, and and thinking yep. through all these things, and reading so many incredible books that just really opened my mind to new ways of looking at de- death, mm-hmm. um, connecting death to life. Like actually, really, the more I've the more time I've spent in this space, the more alive I've felt because you actually really do hone in and. Focus on what matters most, right? You realize your time with your loved ones is limited and you need to make the most of it. You realize your own time here on earth is limited. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? How do you want to work? How do you want to, you know, be with your family and what are your priorities going to be? So I think it's only helped kind of have this death topic top of mind, right? It's a Buddhist philosophy where you're meant to reflect on your death many times a day so that you really keep that focus on what matters most. Mm -hmm. Um, So the more I thought about death, the like kind of happier, more positive I felt, which is what I also really did. hope to unlock for other people. I know how scary the topic can be because it's sad when we mm-hmm. lose people. I can't, we're yeah. never going to diminish that, right? It can be yeah. devastating and heartbreaking every once in a while. You might, someone might be happy to lose someone in their life. But most <laughs> of, the time,
0: <laughs> of the time, no, it's true. It's, it's devastating, yeah, but it's, devastating. it's part of life, you know, right? That's right. But you know what I think makes it more devastating? And I loved how you said um, you connected death to life, right? And, and that it actually, allowed you to appreciate life more and appreciate your life more because I remember my dad passed away when I was 20 and I remember like I hadn't experienced death in any form really until then and then suddenly it happened and I was like wait this actually happens like I remember feeling that way and being so shocked by it and so you know shaken by it and It didn't have to be that way like not that it wouldn't have been of course devastating you know to lose your parents at any age and then at that age but i feel like if i had understood a little bit about like about the fact that this happens and that you know if i had been prepared with a lens through which to view it you know it would have helped me and That's why I think what you're saying right now, it's like, it was clearly a gift to you to explore all of this, but it's a gift to all of us that you've, you know, created this beautiful site and that you speak so openly about your experience and that you've, you know, taken that experience and are really sharing it with people in a way that supports us, you know? So I want to thank you for that because, yeah, it's so beautiful.
1: I hope again, if it's just, you know, one person at a time or yeah, you know, just absolutely. having people kind of think about it differently is, is a total win. And yeah I've gotten so much value. I never thought I was like, Ooh, death, even going into this, I was like, I don't know, there was something just drawing me to it. And now yeah. like, I, yeah, you know, I, I can't champion the confronting of death enough, right? Yeah. Really thinking about it and building that comfort with it. Cause it is inevitable. And I think you're right, like until you've gone through it, Mm -hmm. we don't think about that. And then all of a sudden it's like this aha that you can't imagine Mm -hmm. life without. But I think if you can, if people can just start to think about it even a little bit before, we'll be that much more prepared for when these difficult times come. Because again, difficult times and challenges are part of life as well.
0: That's right. That's right. You know, as we were talking about this idea and how you pushed it along, you spoke a lot about how you... Had to wanted to let go of any attachment of what it could be and just allow yourself to explore it. And I think that's something that women struggle with, especially, you know, in our age range, because we're so used to creating something with the need to have an outcome, like a very clear outcome, right? Like, I'm doing this for this reason, or there's like output, productivity, efficiency, all those things that we, we like, we operate at that level. But in this case, you sort of just let yourself explore and you kind of let it lead you and you didn't force it. And I think that that's also something that we can all learn from, right? It's just sort of that allowing yourself to explore and to let yourself be drawn, because I feel like this almost came through you. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like you yeah, when were, I finished business plan, were calculated about it, or, you know, like you started <laughs> to put together a plan because of course you're like a marketing person. You need to put a plan. <laughs> but I know exactly, but there has to be some kind of deck involved, right? We know there's a deck involved, but you know, I think, I think what I love and I think is a takeaway for all of us is just letting, what's coming through you come through you and to let it lead. Um, And is that how it felt to you as well? Like, that's how I experienced it sort of alongside you.
1: Yeah, but there was still that rumble, I think, a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's what this kind of this time, this kind of even last year for me, I feel like has really been about is like, Mm pausing some of those like natural instincts, the like hamster wheel that you just jump on the like autopilot, of like just do how you've always done. And, you know, which means sometimes fighting those really natural instincts. So yeah, like I said, there's a half, finished business plan and there was ambition to go out and get funding and make this a whole thing and and then I'm like wait no what is it really about and it's about like helping people out there who were you know at a stage where I was with my mom that didn't know who to turn to and speaking them to them in a language that hopefully really resonates and makes these ideas click because there's lots of information out there i think it's just mm-hmm. right you got to find it in the right way and the right tone and the right style for you. So a big goal of the site is to kind of curate things and, and make it a little bit more simple and point in the direction of like, you know, the few books that I thought were exceptional and and things. But yeah, I had to get out of my way, I think a bunch of times from turning it into something that again, maybe in the in future state, it may be, you know, I may offer a service or, or build it out another way. But for now, just to let it be what it needed to be in that MVP, minimal viable product. Yeah. I go back to business talk. But yeah. I think, yeah, it also really started to feel like a creative outlet. You had asked us in one of the sessions about what are some of the things we really love to do as a kid. And mm. one of the ones that really like stood out for me was writing. And I started my career as a journalist and in, in editorial. But as I kind of moved up, I got away from actually, you know, longer form written word or just yeah. even exploring that. And so, through more journaling and then eventually writing this whole site, I got to do that. I, you know, I kind of realized there were some other creative outlet pieces that mm-hmm. I could kind of connect into this. I, I designed the site myself and built it using a template, of course. <laughs> I partnered with with some people on like the brand, like. It got to be really creative. Yeah, and, you were really the producer of the whole too.
0: thing in a lot of ways, right? You were the right producer it? of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to pull it together. And I have to say, the other thing that
1: felt so nice was, you know, when you're wor- used to working in big companies and, you know, so many different competing priorities and point of views it was also just really nice to be like you know not to have to always think about what other people like he just you know there was no pressure on this to make money or to live up to anyone else's expectation I could just what do I want this to be and you know and got to have that freedom which was really
0: Mm.
1: yeah felt really rewarding and and I think just really needed at that time in my life
0: Mm -hmm. love it Okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit now with you, Allie. So, one of the things that we talk a lot about on this podcast, and we spend a lot of time on in our program as well, Mm -hmm. is connecting to our inner voice. Because, as we were just speaking about, you know, we are on this path and we are moving through life so quickly, and there's so many things happening career, family, kids, all of it. And after a while, For many of us, it feels like the external world is so loud and there's all these messages around what we should do and what we should want and what's expected of us. And in all of that noise, we lose our inner voice because our inner voice is a whisper, right? And we need to be able to get quiet and listen. And so that's one of the things we spend a lot of time working on together. And I wanted to ask you... How do you connect to your inner voice?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you you hit on it right there. It's getting those distractions out of the way, which often means getting a bit myself, I think, out of the way. And the things that just come easy and the routines and, you know, ways of doing things just kind of click into autopilot, pausing, getting away, often getting into, you know, nature for me. I I realized, I mean, I think mostly honestly through the pandemic, just how important that was as a connect, Mm. to be connected to something bigger than myself and, and just away from the distractions, the busyness of life, the screens, the, all the things, writing it down. I'm a, I'm a visual person. So whether it's, you know, just and a creative person. So like the, the written word, but also kind of framing things up and, and lists and ideas and, and ways to check in on, you know, what I really feel like matter most, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through values exercises and thinking about, right. How do I, yeah. What do I, how do I want to live? And, 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 you know, what are these things again, that may just come super naturally, but may not be in service of like, what really matters to me. Yeah. So getting out of my own way, definitely kind of tapping into nature and then I think kind of writing, 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 and then reflecting back, going back on that because life get busy, gets busy again, right? You get mm-hmm. pulled into those things, those routines yeah. start to take over, your calendar fills up and, mm-hmm. and you lose some of that time and focus. And so finding those moments as much as you can every day, every week, every quarter, I do, you know, big, try to do big resets annually. I'm like, okay, what is this next? Period going to be about right. What do I really want to accomplish? What do I want to focus on? How do I want to be spending my time and energy and and resources? So, yeah, it's it's an active activity, though. I feel like to stay in touch yeah. with that and, and and what matters to you most.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so important that you put it that way. That it's an active activity because I think we think well. I'm always connected to my inner voice. Like I'm in my head all the time. Like (laughs) I'm always thinking, you know, but, but it is about being intentional about it. Right. So like when you go for a walk, you're being intentional about giving yourself space. When you're writing, that writing is for you to express whatever is happening within you and, and bringing it to the page in some way. And I love that you even are talking about booking time. Like, whether it's annually or quarterly and scheduling it in so that you are prioritizing that time with yourself, because otherwise it's true. Our calendars get filled up by everyone else. And when are we putting time aside for ourselves? It just, and it has to become second nature for us to do that. Otherwise we won't do it. So it's extremely an active thing. And I love that you put it that way.
1: Yeah. Someone shared with me once, and I've just, I've, I thought it was so valuable as right when you see your calendar and it's like a, you know, it starts as a blank slate mm-hmm. to actually like mark out how you want to be spending the time. And yeah. it's not like a full calendar hold, but you know, you want to meditate and work out and you want to have a few minutes with your kid over breakfast. Like, and then when someone does try to actually book you, you see it kind of overlay Wow. And you get a moment of deciding, is it really, you know, worth that? And then even, you know, in your nine to five day, if, if you know, if that's how your schedules run, like... Do I want to be thinking at this point or do I want to take that meeting with that person? Like, you know, is this a, is this my creative moment or is this a good time for me to, you know, do these catch-up chats and so to like always be thinking about how we're spending our time because it's our most precious resource, right? And as you get older you realize it's more valuable than most things, our time, right? You, money can't buy time. I
0: agree. I agree. I love that. That's such that's another great tip. I'm all about having actionable things that we can take away and that's definitely a good one. Another thing that we have talked a lot about is this sense that we can't create and we can't move forward from a place of feeling either really fearful or feeling in lack or feeling, you know, just not good, like stuck or frustrated. And sometimes what we need to do, like what that next step is, is actually to move into a better state, right? Like, get to a better feeling state so that we can make that decision. Because from this place of fear or of you know negativity, it's hard to make a decision that's really the best decision for you. And so I love asking our guests, what do you do to get to a higher feeling state?
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of those same things as, as tapping into the inner voice of being in touch with nature. I read a beautiful book recently called Awe, and I absolutely feel that more and more with, I think, every passing year when I see a sunset or a rainbow or a beautiful flower, I'm like, just marvel at, you know, this world that we live in. And it helps me focus again on what matters and how small we are and the kind of whole mix of things and whatever was putting me in a bad mood at that time, maybe not kind of so worth it. Definitely kind of moving body and getting up, getting out of routine, you know, doing a little workout if you can, or just, yeah, just shaking things up. I would say another one, just kind of as you were asking question that came into mind is something that's also kind of shifted, you know, throughout my life. And as things become more clear, as we get older and wiser is that whenever I would feel bad, it would feel wrong. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, I wasn't supposed to have this emotion. So you're like fighting it. You know, I think yes. it's very similar to how I look at death, too. Death felt wrong as opposed yes. to, you no, know, unfortunately, it is a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So those negative emotions and they would feel wrong. And now I've had enough experience to know that they'll pass. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they teach you something too, right? If you're having, you know, a tense relationship with someone at work or there's, you know, again, a death or something really trying in your life that there are going to be lessons unveiled to you, you're going to look at the world differently, maybe again, it helps you prove up like, prioritize things in a new way Mm -hmm. um, so that those moments just take a little less weight. I think, you know, I'm an emotional, I'm a very passionate person. And so those bad feelings dominated a lot, I'd say, of my younger years. And now a little you know, still working on it, but a little bit more perspective on they will come and go. Like, let's focus again on some of these incredible things that make life beautiful and interesting and, you know, never dull.
0: I love that. And you know what? It even makes me think about how for a long time I used to pride myself that I don't cry. It was like a thing that I'm like, oh, it takes a lot for me to cry, you know? And I prided myself on that. And then I started to realize that there's beauty in our tears, right? And there's like, it's an expression of what's happening within you. And it doesn't, it's not bad or good. It's not, it's none of that. It's just purely expression, right? Like our full range of human emotions. And so now I feel like I cry really easily. (laughs) You know, know, Yeah, I'm totally a crier now. And I wasn't before I was like, Oh, she's crying. Oh, this is okay. It's okay. You're okay. You know, <laughs> and now I'm the crier. And I'm the one who's saying it's cool. I can cry. It's fine. And also know that there's some there's, a you know, sometimes there's a better feeling on the side of on the other side of crying. Like, totally. you know, like, sometimes I agree, I go for a walk, and I feel so much better. Or I like hug my daughter, I feel so much better or talk to a friend. And other times it's just a really good hard cry. (laughs) On the other side of that, you just feel better. Totally. I used to watch that show,
1: This Is Us. Just a prompt. I was like, I could tell I need to cry. (laughs) So this one always works. You know, like
0: you have those things like, all right. like (laughs) (laughs) It pushes you right over the edge, right? (laughs) Yeah. I love it. It's so good. Okay. So, You know, this podcast is called a midlife awakening podcast. And I've spoken many times about how one time I was on a call with a woman and she said, I think my husband thinks I'm having a midlife crisis. And I said, You're not having a midlife crisis, it's an awakening. You are waking up to, you know, what it is that you truly desire. You're seeing that things aren't lining up for you in a way that feels like you. And you're just, You know, you're just starting to see that and that's what's happening. And we should just be like celebrating it even and saying, okay, this is, you know, you've taken off the foggy lens glasses and you're starting to see more clearly. And it's not at all a crisis, nothing about it is crisis, but, you know, I think that there is a shift that happens for, for everyone, it's a little bit different, but I would say it's like, you know, above 40, like in the forties, it begins, and so i wanted to ask you how you have been experiencing life in your 40s of course there's all these life circumstances that have been happening at the same time but you know it's different time <laughs> Yeah, my 40s so far, I've been a global
1: pandemic, uh, yeah, losing my mom and, and a lot of kind of career transition and reflection. So it's felt like a lot of change, but I definitely feel more up for it. I've never actually been a person that's been scared of, of change. I kind of thrive on it. I actually, you know, do move around in my career a lot. I'm always looking for kind of new opportunities and new challenges to kind of keep me interested. But it's felt, yeah, more, more of the pieces are starting to kind of click, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to see the hard parts again are more natural. So they're, they're a little easier to take, you know, Mm and I'm I'm a little less hypersensitive to things and I'm taking things a little less personally, seeing more kind of, I think of the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and tying that all with just knowing myself, you know, a lot more and what matters to me, what makes me tick that I need downtime I need time away from even my most treasured loved ones no people no talking no you know Mm -hmm. no speeds I need I I, you know in tune with kind of what I need to recharge and feel my best able to communicate that more as opposed to just like oh something doesn't feel right And, and and you know again just understanding yourself and then again just being in this death space i think is just also just really like made me see life i think in different ways there's also some wonderful movements i think happening that look at the different chapters in our lives and what they all kind of bring and so that there's still lots more to come and you know that we you know that much wiser i listened to that great new podcast for all people who love podcasts, listen to this, Ju- Julia louis Dreyfus's new podcast, yes, Interviewing yeah. Older Women in the First One with Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, again, when you have that reflection and you're just looking back on life, it's, it's so wonderful. So... I'm, you know, she said, she said that the, her seventies or wherever she is now in her life is kind of her best time because she's gotten over those hangups and those worries and what, you know, what other people care about and really just, yeah, what makes her tick now and, and how to use the days and years and, and months and years of her life in the most valuable way. Yeah. So I think I'm just able to work through things and roll with the times a whole lot easier and, and tie that back to kind of like what matters to me. I often think I love a Venn diagram. And so kind of like, you know, what, what are the things that I'm really good at that, you know, whether that's work wise or relationship wise and what's needed kind of for me. And then, yeah, what, you know, uniquely can I kind of put out in the world and how do I make all of those things kind of align and try to hit that kind of bullseye in the middle as much as possible.
0: I love that. I mean, I think the other piece that I love that I feel I've experienced more in my forties is conversations like these with other women, because I think when we are much more in touch with ourselves and when we have let go of, you know, who we think we're supposed to be and, you know, like you said, taking everything personally, overreacting, just being more uh, comfortable in our own skin in many ways then we get to connect with others on, on a much deeper level than we did before. And that's a, P, a part of this that I, it just came up actually, as you were speaking, I was listening to your answer. I thought like, wow, we are having such an incredible conversation at a level that I don't know when I was 33, would I be having this type of conversation? Probably not. And so I just yeah. love this community, like the community that's coming together and I'm so grateful that you're a part of it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean,
1: thank you for offering this platform to have these conversations because it's so true. It's just life is hard, right? Making decisions and figuring out what you should be doing and how you should be doing it and navigating all of this stuff is really hard. And so the more that we speak openly and directly and honestly about it with each other and, you know, find our people and, and support each other through it. Like I just, yeah, I think it's so valuable.
0: Mm -hmm. I want to ask you one more question, Ali, before we finish up today. And that question is, what do you think it means to be all you are? I think this one for me, being all you are
1: is truly being all those sides of yourself. Uh, I think again, a younger version of me thought there was like a career path and a certain way that things would go. Mm -hmm. And now I realize how much I thrive in like different environments. And I've had totally different kind of opportunities that I never would have expected. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a ton more to come. So like honoring all those sides, all those passions that you can be a different person throughout your life. And again, the, the more you live it, the more in tune you get closer to you, the more in tune you get with, you know, who you, who you want to be and how you want to be, but that that can change all the time. So yeah. So when I, when I think of, being all you are it is you know multi-dimensional multi-sided kind of ever-changing person that hopefully again gets closer and closer to what you were meant to be mm-hmm. who you know what value you add to the world because we're all here still haven't figured it out lots reading lots of you know, books on spirituality and philosophy about why we're all here and the meaning of life but you know we're all here for a reason and, and add great value to each other's lives and to the world at large. And and hopefully again, we can feel like we've gotten closer to that and feel like we're kind of living and fulfilling that purpose.
0: Thank you, Allie. This was so great. And I feel like, It's like, I have the friends, you know, you're one of them where I feel like if we could just record us going on a walk, that would be a great podcast episode. (laughs) So hopefully I'll have you back because I feel like there could easily be a part two to this, but I so appreciate you. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me. I love all of our conversations and I will talk to you soon. We've
1: got another walk coming up soon. I hope.
0: Yes, for sure. Okay, bye. Wasn't that a beautiful conversation? At this stage of our lives, most of us have confronted death to some degree. And as our parents age, we are having more conversations around end of life. As you know from listening to this podcast, I believe in questioning all of our previously held beliefs. Do our beliefs serve us? Do they bring us to a higher level of thinking, to a higher state of living? Allison's mission to bring light to dark is powerful as it affects every single one of us and asks us to question how we think about death. I want to encourage you after listening to this podcast to have a different conversation with someone in your life about death, whether it be a friend, spouse, or even your parents. We only change the conversation by having more of them. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found inspiration and use this podcast to start stepping into all you are to hear more about the podcast. Follow me over on Instagram at kana underscore all you are send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored. If you'd go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, remember to keep exploring what it means to be all you are.